has been an awakening. Have you felt it? everyone this is episode 115 of the movie bite podcast uh but this is a bonus episode this is not actually a full episode we're just here to discuss the star wars episode 7 teaser trailer which you have just uh listened to the soundtrack and the audio from that trailer and uh we're i'm pretty excited about it i assume my co-hosts are i have on tonight uh joe darnell hi joe hey tg thank you for having me Yes, and uh, I also have uh, Clark Douglas. Clark, how are you? I'm well, TJ. How are you? Doing well. You uh, you have had a life change since the last time you were on this podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, my wife and I have welcomed uh, a son into the world. His name is Oliver, and um, he's a handful, but we love him. Very good. I'm 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 super excited for you uh, to to hear that. I, I don't know your wife, but I'm I'm excited for both of you. It's just well, I, thank you. I love uh, love babies. I have I've had four of them now. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, so anyway, yeah, let's let's dive in and talk about this trailer. Um, we actually, I there was like my podcast feed filled up with bonus episodes from my various podcast sources of the Star Wars uh, Episode Seven teaser trailer. Uh, I I had already thought of the idea before that happened. I just want to say, but we're like the last uh, the last ones to actually record. <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, people like dove right in. They probably had already planned to do it once they heard the trailer was coming out this weekend. So um, I'm I'm super excited, and I I know you guys are too. So so let's talk about this trailer, uh, Joe or Clark. <laughs> Play on words are too. <laughs> <laughs> you said R2. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. I didn't do All it right, on purpose. So a couple of things here. Uh, first off, we have a voice and we see Tatooine. I was not expecting to hear Khan and I was not expecting to see Tatooine <laughs> in this film. Uh, what do y'all think of the first impression with the voice? It, 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 my first impression was that it is very much does sound like Benedict Cumberbatch. I know that it's not, but it sounds like him for sure. Clark? Are you positive? Are you um, sure that is I am 90% con? sure that it is. Um, this is JJ we're talking about. He'll do anything he wants. I'm 90% sure that it's uh, Andy Serkis. Um, I, I will admit that the, the thing I like least about the trailer is that voice. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. some, there's something about it. It sounds like a person... I don't know who it is, if it's Benedict Cumberbatch or Andy Serkis or Adam Driver or who, but... It's definitely not um, Adam Driver. Right. But it it sounds like someone with a tenor voice trying to do a gritty bass voice. Um, yeah, on third it, or fourth viewing or fifth, I don't remember which now, it really started to sound like they had really added some effects in there to make it sound like Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. Well, it, it sounds like somebody's dropping their voice as low as they can go and not quite getting as low as they want, and then they're boosting it with a computer a bit. But I I don't know. It just sounds uh, 
like a kid talking into some, you know, <laughs> voice transforming machine or something. I think we're, we're I think we're, um, we're, we're, we're killing Joe's Christmas here. We're canceling Christmas. <laughs> no, I, I think we're definitely hearing Dark Lord, Dark Lord Khan here. That's that's who we hear. You you're gonna and, go on uh, record and say it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, sure. Why not? I mean, later in the trailer, you see this uh, Sith Lord, I I suppose, wandering through the uh, winter woods. And it's totally the back of Dark Lord Khan. I mean, just look at him. He's got the <laughs> the strange weaponry. He's he's a skinny Sith Lord. He's hooded, just like we saw with Khan. And of course, JJ would deny that Khan was in this movie. And Cumberbatch, <laughs> you're talking about Cumberbatch. <laughs> but you think it's actually Khan? Like like Khan has gone back in time into the galaxy far, far away. Yes, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Um, well, uh, Peter Serretta and I think, I don't remember who the other one was. I don't have the link handy. Uh, might've been Devin Faraci, uh, but certainly Peter Serretta, I have that one right here in front of me has said that they're pretty certain that it's Andy Serkis. Uh, and, wow. and one of them, I saw somewhere on the internet today that they had inside information that it was Andy Serkis. So they take that with a grain of salt, but that's what I, I heard. Um, so he's a yeah, man I'm, with a thousand voices. Yeah, I think uh, I think Clark that I'm kind of with you that it 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 didn't really do the trailer justice. There were other things to be excited about with the trailer, and overall, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, we're getting new Star Wars guys, but um, you know, yeah. Well, and I have to say, my overall impression of the trailer was little more than "Hey, new Star Wars is coming." Yeah, oh, for sure. I have to I have to admit because you know. Um, for all of the hype that we've had leading up to this and for, you know, all of the excitement and for all the pilgrim pilgrimages people plan to go to various theaters and <laughs> see it on a big screen this weekend and all of this stuff, um, the trailer really doesn't tell us much of anything. But did we honestly. expect it to? No, but, but I mean, I, I honestly, given all the sort of pomp and circumstance leading up to this, I thought at least, you know, an obligatory shot of, Luke's face or Han's face or a C-3PO shot or, so, you know, something. Well, that that is one but of the things all... that I want to talk about, which is there mm-hmm. we don't know anybody in this trailer. I mean, we've got uh, Boyega and Ridley, and that's like, those are who we see. Oscar Isaac as well. Oscar Isaac, you're right. Oscar Isaac in the, in the, in the uh, not the speeder, but the uh, X-Wing, or we think yes. it's an X-Wing. Um, we, we, you know, they can pretty be pretty devilish with the cuts and trailers, but it's, it's in the sequence with the X-Wings. And we think and, that that's him inside of an X-Wing. If we want to overanalyze that, I suppose um, we could say that those three are more or less being set up as the new Luke, Leia, and Han of this series. But, Possibly, maybe. You know, um, we'll see. Yeah. So, so starting at the beginning, uh, did you guys notice anything particularly interesting about this trailer? Like before, you even see the first shot. You, you've got the green, you've got a, the black, and then you've got you know the green. Uh, the previews uh, approved for uh, accompany this feature or whatever. You've got the cut the black, and then you've got uh, what looks like Tatooine. There should normally be. Are you something- thinking of the missing, the the missing Lucasfilm logo? Yes, that's it. Like, where's really? the Lucasfilm logo? Where is it? Well, for, what's wrong here? For the record, if you go to the end of the of the tra- teaser and you see where it says December 2015 in very small print down below, it does say, uh, "What is that?" Uh, uh, da, 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 Lucasfilm. 2000, no, 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 no. Uh, co- uh, copyright symbol 2014 Lucasfilm LTD period. Yes, yes. But so it's obviously a Lucasfilm production. I mean, Disney owns Lucasfilm, but it's just weird not to see that logo at the top of the trailer. 
I think that if Disney had put the Lucasfilm logo at the beginning, they would have been tempted to put theirs up there as well. They mm. would feel justified doing so. And I think also for the sake of the fans, that would have ruined it. Maybe so. That would have ruined Maybe it. Maybe so. Well, I mean, I'd, we already have a Disney princess in this film. On a different <laughs> level, I think you could argue that um, this is sort of a cheap shot at George Lucas, that the series is trying to distance itself from him, given the yes. way many fans feel about the prequels. I personally don't dislike them as much as a lot of people seem to. But uh, there's an enormous amount of hatred, especially online, uh, that has built up towards George Lucas over the past few years. Right, and to be and, fair, uh, I have a lot of hatred for the first one. I don't have as much hatred for the ne- next two as most people do, but mm-hmm. I, I, I barely like to consider them part of the canon. Yeah. And, and the first one I like to pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, and there is another angle here. Anyone that wants to see this film – or sorry, this teaser – in theaters and isn't uh, a geek like we are over over watching the film and wearing out YouTube replaying this thing. <laughs> the, the people who are going to see this in theaters, when they see the Dunes at first, they're not going to be thinking Star Wars. Whereas if they saw the Lucasfilm animated logo, then they would have been on cue. They would have been pre- they would have been prepared. And I think that a lot of the benefit of this teaser is the surprise that we have an, an unusual, unexpected face who is wearing a stormtrooper's outfit pop up in a familiar location that we didn't identify until after we see that there is a stormtrooper walking all along the dunes of Tatooine. And, and and for those people, though, who are just seeing that in the theaters uh, when they see the te- teaser this weekend and uh, afterward, they're going to get a lot. They're going to get a lot from this trailer. They're going to get really excited. The surprise one moment after the next. Given the amount of activity I've seen online today and the number of people I've seen posting this trailer or talking about this trailer, I would estimate that there are maybe two people out there who will be surprised by it in the theater and not know that this trailer is already out. (laughs) But well, you know, I would I would have to agree. But even on YouTube right now, there are, are only eight point four million people who have watched this thing, and you know that at least a third of them have watched it three times. So that accounts for almost all the viewings. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of want to just walk through this and see what we notice, uh, and see if we can draw any conclusions. Um, obviously, Joe, you said that when somebody sees the desert. Uh, there, they're not going to immediately think Star Wars. I, of course, did. I knew I was watching a Star Wars trailer, but even the same, I, I think I would, I would immediately go, "Oh, that looks a lot like Tatooine." Um, did, uh, do you disagree? No, I totally agree. I think uh, for its purposes, visually speaking, you have the the dense blue sky that doesn't have any clouds. We're accustomed to that for Tatooine. If anything, it's overblown. There's ne- there's there's always overblown sunlight, and then there's just uh, a waft of uh, you know dunes that are blowing the sand this way and that so you don't know what to expect but it's all empty it's a wide shot you're not expecting anything to pop up but if you saw anything you might expect to see r2d2 and c3po you know trailing across (laughs) the dune from right to left like you saw in the classic one and so when i saw this this 
trooper, I very quickly began to imagine perhaps this is sort of an echo and a reversal of the beginning of uh, episode four, where the C-3PO and R2-D2 are forced to use an escape pod to crash on Tatooine to try and find someone who's going to help them and the rebellion. Perhaps there is some kind of uh, bizarre, ironic twist where a, a stormtrooper has uh, b- barely survived a battle and he uh, pops up from the sand on a strange planet and he realizes he quickly has to run off to find somebody and give them a special mes- message. Uh, that thought had occurred to me that like this could be an <laughs> ironic twist. I hope not. That would be awful. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously this doesn't have to be Tatooine, but it certainly looks like it. Like if it was going to be another planet, it would be another planet and it looks like Tatooine. So it probably is that that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Clark, do you want to wait? I do have a problem Uh, uh, real quick. I want to review this trailer. Can we just get the start rating out of the way? (laughs) Like a start rating for the trailer? Yes, please, please. I I just want to say I'm giving this four, four and a half stars out of five. Because it was it was definitely not a bad trailer, and it took me by surprise. I wanted a different trailer altogether, but I haven't been disappointed. I just didn't expect to get what we got. Yeah, as far as trailers go, I, there's a couple of concerns that I have, but overall I'd give it a 4 out of 5 if I was going to rate it that way. That's a weird thing to do, but that's what I'd have to go with. Well, I mean, considering the number of fans who are watching this thing over and over again, I don't think it's just because they're disappointed or because they're trying to find a new clue. I think a lot of us, admittedly, are actually enjoying this trailer. Oh, for sure. That's because it's a rather well-cut trailer. And it introduces new things and also brings back a lot of nostalgia. I mean, just purely on doing what it's supposed to do as a trailer, like five and a half out of five. (laughs) If I can rain on the parade just a little bit... um uh, setting aside the sort of nostalgia and built-in affection for Star Wars that I have, uh, I'd go three out of five for the trailer. Because again, I, for me, it really doesn't do a whole lot more other than telling me that new Star Wars is coming, but it doesn't establish uh, any kind of intriguing story. It doesn't really show me anything that uh, gives me any more faith in J.J. Abrams than I had when he was first announced. I mean, to be um, fair, that's the, I, I did not expect a teaser to do anything other than that, which is why I would say this trailer did exactly what it was supposed to do, which is uh, right. which is hype and excitement and, and no nothing else. That's but all this trailer's for. On its own terms, as a trailer, though, I don't think it's particularly memorable, honestly. I think you have to have uh, that sort of connection to Star Wars to really get much out of the trailer. Mm-hmm. I think somebody who knows nothing about Star Wars – who goes into the theater Which, and again, maybe three people. Let's just world. be honest. It's like two people, but, right? But somebody who doesn't know anything about star Wars, isn't familiar with the franchise sees this trailer. I don't think they have any reason to get incredibly excited. Um, they would probably just say to themselves, well, uh, there's a sci-fi movie. It looks expensive, I guess. And well, I have to tell you, it, you know, I, I have a, a pretty you know nice set of speakers and, and a good monitor on which I watch this, and, mm-hmm. and then I, I re- later watched it on, on my television too as well. Um, but I, I got chills when the Millennium Falcon flew across the screen. And again, that's me being a, a Star Wars fan, but you know, I'm, I, I, mean, I may be slightly overstating my case, but it was, it was awesome. So, And maybe the reason that the trailer didn't land as hard for me uh, is that when I saw the Millennium Falcon, my first sort of gut instinct reaction was – Oh, that looks awfully CG-ish this time around. Yeah, well, I want to get to that. Um, <laughs> did you did you want to <laughs> indulge Joe on his star rating? 
Uh, well, like I said, three out of five. Oh, you did say yeah. three, didn't you? I forgot. Yeah. Okay. He did. Thank you, thank you Clark. Okay. And I, I can respect that. <laughs> of course, I, I want to give it a little bit more uh, uh, leeway because this is a teaser trailer. I'm not expecting to be blown away by given, you know, some sort of like secret into the plot, a little bit more uh, allusion to where they're going with this and a little bit more comfort and assurance that, you know, JJ is not going to ruin it with his, his JJ ness. I, I was expecting this, this trailer to be even less telling because I thought, you know, it would be very easy to reintroduce the faces we already know, show us a glimpse of the princess and Han, the droids and Luke, and you're done. You don't have to show us an allusion to the bad guy. Really? If you wanted to, you could leave him out. I, I think that they could have just not shown us any new faces and then we would not have been the wiser. They've already given us, uh, uh, some you know ideas that they're gonna they're gonna definitely be nostalgic. They're, we're gonna see the old Star Wars married to the new. We should not expect this to be your daddy's Star Wars. This is daddy's son's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I don't expect assurances, but I definitely did not expect allusions to the the bigger scheme of things. Uh, like somebody pointed out, I think it was a, a bunch of our favorite people on podcasts, uh, John Syracuse, Dan Moran, and uh, Jason Snell on the Incomparable podcast, that they were noticing that the three faces we do see here are primarily an altogether new kind of droid, an altogether new guy, an altogether new girl. And they're in roles that we didn't quite picture them in. You know, here's the droid. He's basically a beach ball with a head on top. <laughs> and then you have the guy who's a stormtrooper, which puts a face to the stormtroopers, which we have never seen before, unless he's just another decoy or a spy pulling the Han Solo trick in A New Hope. I kind of hope and not. And then you but... have, yeah, and I kind of hope not too. I don't want them to completely copy every story beat. And then there is the girl who looks like she belongs on a speeder on indoor, and she could be princess leia's younger sister i'm not exactly sure but we did we certainly didn't expect so much of tattooing at least way i i didn't did y'all i want to go back to the kind of the beginning of this teaser and to the very end there's a lot of tattooing well yeah did, I, did that strike y'all as odd i i would say that this is this looks i think you joe said it looks like planet wars we don't ever see space i found that to be odd yeah, I found that a little unusual too. The only thing in the trailer that I kind of fully expected to see in the trailer was the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just remember that in the old days, uh, generally speaking, the expectation from audiences based on things they said in the original trilogy was that Tatooine was a planet that the rest of the galaxy would quickly overlook. Even after the fact that the Skywalkers had been on Tatooine and obviously the Skywalkers are very important to the entire empire and the rebel Alliance. Once they've loved Tatooine, there really isn't any other significance to that desert planet. So it's strange to me that Tatooine keeps showing up and I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm not angry at that. I just find it as peculiar. I wonder what excuse they have to return to Tatooine in episode seven. I mean, it is Uh, Luke's home mm -hmm. planet. Sorry, go ahead, Clark. Well, I was going to say, I, I don't find it particularly surprising given that J.J. Um, Abrams' sort of uh, trademark is easy nostalgia. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, he may very well find something interesting for Tatooine. Uh, he, he may have a perfectly valid storytelling reason to return there. But my biggest fear with 
him and with the Star Wars movie has been that he's going to constantly be kind of nudging fans in the ribs going, look, remember this? Remember how you love this? Remember Han and Chewie and how great they were and C-3PO and these things and how much you loved, you know, and that it's going to be just sort of a, a overcompensation effort as far as uh, trying to recapture the vibe of the original trilogy. But see, I felt like this trailer struck a good balance there uh, where it, the nostalgia came really from the sound effects and the music and uh, the Millennium Falcon. But but like there was no original characters. There was right. I mean, so I felt like this struck a good balance and maybe that's an overcompensation for the overcompensation. Oh. But yeah, and I, I, I agree <laughs> with that. And that's one of the things that the, the trailer did well. And the, the sort of consistent tone that it gave off was here's something that looks familiar, but also different. Every yes. shot is familiar but different and something about it looks distinctly like star wars but they've changed something to make it look uh a little different than we've ever seen it before so on that level like the trailer works uh, and indicates you know successfully hey we're gonna do a star wars movie but we're gonna do it our way but it's gonna still be a star wars movie so mission accomplished there i guess yeah so we're still only 20 seconds in we've talked about the tatooine uh (laughs) desert and uh you mean that we're 20 seconds into the teaser and we're about 20 minutes into the podcast yes (laughs) yes precisely (laughs) um so um what what is the guy's name that we see first boyega what's the what's his first name Um, John john boyega um so he pops up onto the screen uh he's probably crash landed here on tatooine or something like that or he's very distressed like like the idea here that I got from this trailer, whether right or wrong, is that there's something bad going down on Tatooine. Um, that that was the impression that I got, and and I'm I'm sure the little droid rolling across the thing is nothing. It's just the music that makes it interesting. Uh, but you know, it looks like he's in a hurry to save somebody or do something. You know, uh, that which is the next shot, which is which again still looks like it's on Tatooine. It's very deserty, and there's junk in the background, and it, it, it's very reminiscent of Tatooine. So. I was interested when they show the stormtrooper helmetless that they didn't allude to what else was going on around him, except that you heard what sounded like an Imperial probe droid yes. floating around somewhere nearby, but you couldn't tell exactly what he was doing. And what was interesting is that you have this character obviously freaked out about something and the, the, the plane to which his eye movement is going up would be about the height of an Imperial probe droid. So he may have been looking at something like the real droid that was freaking him out for who knows what reason. But in any case, we never expected to, okay, we, we don't know anything about this character, but in the past stormtroopers have never been given a significant role. So, we we have Jango Fett, who was a clone, who you could say was the father of all the troopers. Well, he wasn't a clone. But, His troopers were clones. Sure. He was the father of. I didn't say he was one. Yeah. Well, okay. And he, he, he was arguably, though, a significant character. And, you know, we, we like to make a lot of Boba Fett. But let's face it, up until now, Fett hasn't made a, a significant role in the movies as much as he has made a significant a significant appearance in the culture, in the legacy, Correct, in the legend yes. of Star Wars Expanded Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm actually impressed by this tease that that we're shown you, – you haven't seen anything yet. That there is something about you know Star Wars yet to come where the most unlikely of heroes may have come from the, 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 the troops, the stormtroopers. It could be that he is a protagonist. I suspect that he is. Yes. And I would like that fact. I would like the idea that somehow he is a trooper that is, uh, you know, 
uh, a little smarter than the rest. <laughs> Having a crisis, <laughs> he, of he sees conscience. the truth. Yeah, I would like that yeah, too. I, sure. I really hope that. That's why I said earlier. I hope he's not just some guy, uh, you know, or one of our protagonists that's 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 wearing the suit as a disguise or whatever. Because we've gotten that shtick a couple too many times in Star Wars. And what I what I would really rather is that he's a stormtrooper that has either turned or or we don't even know like what is the state of the Rebel Alliance versus the Imperial uh, uh, or the Empire. Um, we so we don't know what what all's going on there. I hope he's a protagonist. I hope that they're expanding. Like because because one thing one of my complaints overall with Star Wars is we the, the the stormtroopers even the clones there's no personality there. There's no there's nothing to dig into. And especially in the in the original three, like you never see a real stormtrooper's face. It's just they're faceless, literally. And I hope that we're going to remedy that that problem here. Um, I I hope that's what's going on. I I, I, I kind of doubt it, but I hope that's what's going on. Mm. And speaking of new faces, uh, the Rolly droid, uh, do y'all think that there is like a, uh, a new comical relief character here? Is he hustling in on R2-D2's yeah, racket? Yeah, I think he, I think he's taking Jar Jar's place actually. Or he might just be in that one shot. It could be, it could be. He could be. He yeah. could be like one of those lame droids that we saw, uh, working the mechanical, you know, parts of pod racers in episode one, just, you know, makes a small appearance in that one film. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that's one of the elements of the trailer that it's really hard to speculate much about because unlike the actors who we know are playing major roles in this thing, uh, the droid shot could really be anything. It could really be just a throwaway shot of a random droid mm-hmm. just to indicate, hey, here's uh, some of our design work we've done. What do you think? Absolutely. You it, very, it very much could be. I, I don't see any excuse for it then because he's just a beach ball with a head. And what is he in a hurry for? Like, what could that, what can <laughs> that kind of droid possibly do that's of any import or help? Like, I don't understand why somebody would engineer a droid quite like that. Like, you think to yourself, well, he's in a hurry. I'll well, have to tell somebody an important message. But then, I mean, come on. This is supposed to be Star Wars. Don't they have wireless, you know, communications yet? I mean, so- yes. Okay, so the, the first of all, Joe, I would dispute that you're, you're you're giving too much stock to Star Wars tech. Like Star Wars tech is it, it's in a different galaxy and it's it's far far away and it's way before us. Like their technology, while advanced in some ways, is behind ours in other ways. Like that's 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 not a problem for me. I don't mind that. Secondly, like the the idea going around is that Daisy Ridley's character, like she's like a junk collector and a builder, and she like built that droid. That's that's kind of what what the what people have invented about that. I I, I don't know. It sucks to be that droid. <laughs> you just don't have a purpose in life. All right. Uh, we need to keep moving on. I want to talk about the stormtroopers, which we get a flash of with their helmets on. Uh, we get them. Oh, you mean the obviously- rebels? You said stormtroopers. No, I said stormtroopers. What are you talking about? I'm talking about with the very next thing after the droid. We- oh, 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 sorry. I thought you were moving on to the X-Wing fighters. No, not yet. Uh, I do want to talk about these stormtroopers um, just for a minute. I mean, because it's geeky, and so we had to talk about it. Uh, they're they're like there's a smidge of the clone trooper look to them. Like they're not. I put. I don't know if you guys saw my article uh, on this. I I did a comparison of the original stormtrooper outfit, the clone troopers outfit, and then the new trooper helmet. Obviously, is what we're getting a look at here. I mean, they're they're definitely like sleeker and different. Uh, this may be too geeky for you guys. No, I mean <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. They're they're different, 
but that's I think that they, they that's about all, like all I took away from that honestly okay uh, just the design has evolved a little bit over time okay well going back to what you were saying earlier Clark about JJ and how he, he wants a little bit of an easy nostalgia it, it, this wasn't exactly nostalgia but it feels like it was like uh well, guys, we can't say that all the tech and all the armor looks exactly the same after all these years. I mean, obviously, a few decades have gone by. So surely there is something different. Um, why don't we redesign the helmets? Yeah, sure. Well, what should they look like? I don't know. Make them look halfway between a Stormtrooper's helmet and a Clone Trooper's helmet, right. which and is a, actually a, not that all that original. <laughs> it's a, it's above a Above all else, this, this trailer seems like a showcase for the production design. Yeah. Um, it's really just kind of one shot after another of, hey, look what we've done here. We've created this world uh, in our own image. And that's, you know, to me, all there seems to be on the surface to the droid shot, to the lightsaber shot, to the stormtrooper shot. But I, I don't know. I suppose we can, you know, wax eloquent about what it might mean. But uh, <laughs> I really think it's just... J.J. Abrams, you know, throwing up moving images of his stuff. Yeah, that's probably – you're probably right. As far as the droid goes, it's probably all it is. Speaking of the production design though, like um, we're coming to the shot with Daisy Ridley on the transport speeder bike thing, the, the like the mix of all those three things. But this is where I really thought, hey, this this trailer is showing us that this is a little bit more like the old Star Wars than the new. Where in the new, even though we were on Tatooine, you know, for almost the entire movie of that first of, of the Phantom Menace, like everything felt too shiny and clean, and and uh, it never, it, you know, the Star Wars universe is a dirty, you know, it's not Star Trek. It's not, everything's not shiny. It's it's dirty and 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 gritty and. We, so we get to the shot of Daisy Ridley, and like it's not shiny. It's it's rough and and scuffed up and dirty. And uh, I I really like that. That's kind of what this trailer is showing us. I hope they can hold that throughout the film, and and we can address your concerns when we get to it, uh, Clark, of of the CGI ness of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I feel like at least here with Daisy Ridley's shot and a couple of the other shots, it's this this film is showing us we're we're gonna try to return the universe to what it originated as. I don't know. Did you guys get that mm-hmm. sense? I, I would kind of loosely agree. I don't think we have seen enough to really tell. The well, grunge, the not. dirt We're, will show up in other scenes. If you go back to the stormtroopers uh, sitting in the standing in the hangar of the of the flying vehicle, they uh, they all looked pretty spiffy there, um, kind sure. of set like. I, I but the stormtroopers like have moment. always looked very clean. That I mean, that's a different issue. I mean, because they've always looked like you know super. Anything to do with the empire has always been cleaner. True that. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. That's not actually a huge concern for me. The main thing is not so much the thrust of how clean or dirty everything is, whether it's worn or unworn. My main concern would be whether or not it looks like it's made by CG or if it's real. Here's a thought that I had uh, when looking at this. Uh, what I'm really curious about is if George Lucas still had the reins of this franchise, where he would have taken things on a visual level. Because you know, <sighs> going back to the prequels, he obviously polished up the world a great degree uh, to show, you know, kind of how it was once this and then degraded into what it was in the original trilogy. Uh, But I'm curious, given the chance to make films seven, eight, and nine, which he had professed he wanted to do, you know, for decades, whether he would have kept the status quo more or less the same as it seems to be here or whether he would have had it evolve in a more significant way. I don't know, but I'm, I'm very curious about that. 
I'm I'm not so and, curious because I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like whatever he did with it. Well, uh, I, 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 under, I understand where you're coming from. I do, but but there there's a part of me that sort of hates that we're never going to see George Lucas's Star Wars seven, eight, and nine because it's his baby and he's had a story for that chapter for a long. It wouldn't be just him sort of coming up with ideas now off the top of his head. Uh, since the eighties, he's had something in mind for where the story would go eventually. And he had a treatment written, which was mostly ignored from what I understand. And yeah, I was going to ask you the, 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 the treatment, you know, do you think that they've given that any weight or credence? Cause I know that they, that was a big deal when, when Disney bought Lucasfilms. Oh, well, George Lucas has written a treatment, which we will, you know, incorporate and give due consideration. The, the rumor that I've heard is that uh, bits and pieces of it remain, but that it's mostly been discarded. And the primary reason that I've heard, and again, this is all just rumors. I wasn't there at the meetings. But oh, really? I know. Yeah, I don't have that kind of access. Hopefully they didn't uh, invite you. Popular and beloved as I am. Um, the, <laughs> the reason that I've heard repeatedly from a number of different sources is that George Lucas's treatment focused more on new characters mm. and uh the Abrams team wanted more of an emphasis on the original characters that we knew and loved Han and Luke and Leia so they sort of shifted the emphasis of the story uh to include them to a much greater degree yeah okay i'm glad to hear that if that's true, it's mm. definitely more appealing to me. I have mixed feelings. I would like to, because if they want to move away from the original characters, don't do it in this film. We've been looking forward to this moment for forever. Uh, move towards the newer characters in the next film and then the next installment. Uh, we need a passing of the baton. And uh, even old Ben Kenobi had his moments in episode four. If he was given less of a service in that film, I would be really disappointed. Going back to what y'all were saying a moment ago, I'm okay with the idea that Lucas, I mean, I would have been okay if he had had the opportunity, the occasion to actually make these films. But I think the only version of them that I would have liked to have seen were the films he would have made if he had worked on them right after finishing Return of the Jedi. And the reason I say this is because given how Lucas has changed his uh, you know, he's gotten worse and worse over the years. Oh yeah. A lot of people point out that you can sort of tell the difference between his style from four and five and six, even though he wasn't directing the, the latter two, you can see his influence on those two films and how it seemed like Lucas was already moving away from his original style with a new hope. So had we waited too long, we would have wound up in episode one territory when he was making episode seven. So mm -hmm. I would have rather that we saw those films made immediately after Return of the Jedi if there was any hope that what Lucas would have done would have been especially appealing. Because, you know, the guy was changing. You know, he, he, he was, uh, his, his appreciation for tasteful films was withering away. Well, I mean, we certainly got a preview of where he was going to go in Return of the Jedi, in my opinion, with the Ewoks. To me, the ideal scenario would be Lucas um, retaining a bit of creative control on the story side of things, but letting somebody else take the reins and really take the reins in the director's chair. Like Irvin Kershner. Um, Sure, uh, but I think to an even greater degree than that, perhaps, because that was a case where George Lucas was still pretty much making all of the decisions. 
and Kirshner was, you know, sort of following his marching orders. And yet Empire um, Strikes Back is the best film. It, it is, yes. <laughs> but uh, I think something closer to that relationship would be preferable to me, uh, especially in contrast to J.J. Abrams, who's a filmmaker I find incredibly frustrating in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Um, he, he's very talented, but honestly, uh, George Lucas has directed a couple of movies at least that uh, I find better than anything Abrams has made. Yeah. Wow. Me, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I, I don't want to go there right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I do just want to point out that um, it looks like Daisy Ridley uh, possibly has a lightsaber. I'm not as convinced as some people are on the internet, but there's been a lot of, been a lot of people pointing out that little rod in her vehicle, like in front of her when it, and they're kind of zooming into her. Um, looks yeah, a lot you're like right. a you're talking about the girl on the on the hover vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this bike. makes her, or maybe maybe we think she's a Jedi or a Jedi in training. I'm not sure. I I just think that that's a slip up. I think that the the, the design department had a component that happened to look a lot like a lightsaber, and they attached it to the vehicle. Hmm, maybe it, it it looks like it's too much of a fixture of the vehicle. Now you are talking about the new girl, though. Let's talk about the new girl. Let's talk about her. Oh, okay. So first of all, there's this new character. Obviously, she's going to play a significant role. She seems nice. Nice like Natalie Portman was nice. Uh, hard to tell from the short glimpse you get of her, though. I mean, I- I'm admitting I'm extrapolating a lot here, but I think that this is what the fans want to hear. Well, um, <laughs> I-, I-, I was just re- going to say, not not as much as some people. I saw somebody on Twitter today posted a still photo of her and said, I think I'm already in love. Oh goodness. And I'm like, oh, based on two whole <laughs> well, seconds. Yes. She, she reminded me of princess Leia, but at the same time, she, there is a quality to her to be honest. Like I, I kept on like scrubbing back and forth throughout the trailer and thinking about these things too long this afternoon. And I thought, what else about her is striking me? She, rem- Oh yes. She reminds me of the stock of the actors that they hire for Disney television shows. She looks like she's right out of a princess film. I she suppose. looks like she's, mm. she's I'm from not, that wearing a different uh, costume. Not there. I, 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 I'm either. not, I'm not going to say that she's going to have, you know, Jiminy cricket in her pocket, but I'm saying that she <laughs> just struck me as a little bit, uh, too modern and not of the, not of the star Wars world that I wanted. She's great, but who knows? I thought she fit pretty well. She, uh, she reminded me, even though she didn't speak, um, just her actions and stuff reminded me more of Natalie Portman than of, of Leia, but yes. But see, that's my point is, uh, if there could be two camps that you fall into, like, uh, team Edward versus team, uh, what was his oh, name? Gosh, Joe. Yes. I would fall into team Leia. She's way better, way better than Almadala, and and I'm afraid this is a little bit too Almadala. Well, I'd for just me. as soon kiss a Wookie. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I want to mention too. Um, we were talking about John Boyega not too long ago. Um, if folks don't know who he is and want a great introduction to him, there's a sci-fi movie that came out a few years ago called Attack the Block. Oh yes. Uh, He's the main character in it, and he's fantastic. So I think that's sort of a uh, proof of uh, talent there if you're looking for something to convince you that he's the right man for the job. I'm uh, putting a link to the IMDb profile of Attack the Block in the uh, show notes right now. 
Um, all right, so we don't really know a lot about her character. Some people think that's a lightsaber. Some don't. Uh, Joe doesn't. Uh, I mean, it could be – it doesn't look like a fixture of the vehicle to me. It looks like whatever that big, long rod is is hanging on the vehicle, and maybe the lightsaber is, atta- saber is attached to the end, but I'm I'm not necessarily thinking it's a lightsaber. So let's talk about the X-Wings. Uh, this is where I really started feeling some nostalgia, and and admittedly, this is not I don't think as infused from because of J.J. Abrams as much as it is. Holy cow! I heard the X-wing sound. We haven't heard that exact sound since you know the Return of the Jedi, um, and so that they're speeding across the uh, the water there. Um, I don't know. I I thought it was an effective uh, bit of nostalgia. Clark, you you've been a little down on that. You may have a different opinion, but I I really felt like wow, this is Star Wars. So. That that's my favorite bit in the trailer, honestly. The X wings, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. It's cool. Yep, I'm 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 very yeah. very much into that. Uh, Joe, do you want to say anything about that? We we do need to pick up the pick up the pace here. We said we weren't going to spend more than forty five minutes, and I, <laughs> I think we're there. So yeah, I, I I think that it was very refreshing that that to establish the Rebel Alliance is still an ongoing force in the well, the the galaxy as well as the Empire. Yeah, and they really gave us like a double dose of that. There's the Rebel Alliance logo is on the helmet down on the vest, and and like I don't remember seeing the Alliance logo that much in the in the original uh, trilogy, and and here it's just pasted everywhere here on these guys' uniforms. Yeah, and I don't think I think that if they hadn't done that, then it would have been easy to identify stormtroopers. Yes, okay, so there is an empire. What about the protagonists? Who are they? How are they represented? And admittedly, we are talking about the the few who need to be told what is going on and what to expect. But the the, the few are in the millions when it comes to the audience for Star Wars. And so what I'm ta- saying here is that I don't think everybody would have appreciated this trailer as much if they didn't have have a way to quickly identify. Yes, here we have some version of protagonists you can expect. The familiar Rebel Alliance symbol would do that for a lot of people that would have otherwise thought, well, where are the good guys in this trailer? But, but do you honestly think that people that are not geeky like us would even know that that's the Rebel Alliance symbol? I think so. I, I think so because uh, people who used to be geeks are no longer geeks, but they used to be once, and one of the things they were geeky about was Star Wars. Okay. I don't I mean, know. I, th- I think they'd recognize TIE Fighters, but I don't know that I'd go much further than that. Yeah. But uh, it's worth mentioning here, this is also the section where Oscar Isaac pops up, One of the, the only other actor that we um, get a glimpse of here in this trailer. Yes. And uh, to go back to Joe's analogy, I can only assume that he'll be the Jacob to John Boyega's Edward or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. This, this podcast has devolved into a state of being that I did not expect. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, who, who knows what he's doing, but uh, the guy's a talented actor for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's flying an X-Wing, so, uh, you know, that means he's he's certainly a protagonist as far as I'm concerned. And I'm, I'm going to believe that he is until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to save this. I'll just say that, you know, he, he, he definitely sold the part of an X-Wing fighter pilot to me. If anything, it was underplayed like the other X-Wing fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. I remember them at times being rather drab, people who just seemed kind of bored with the moment. Like, oh yeah, I fly an X-wing fighter pilot, you know, a plane. So what? You know, this is just what I do for a living. Ho hum, whatever. Um, it seemed like Luke Skywalker was the only one that was ever especially enthusiastic about piloting one of those vehicles. I so. kind of hope he's Wedge's kid. 
I thought he looked a little like Wedge. The way well, that, that was my thought too. When I first saw him, I was like, "Is that Wedge?" And then I was like, "No." Wedge yeah, I had to, I had to watch it a second now, time so. before I realized that it was. Uh, what did you say his name was? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yes, and I. Yeah. I, I looked him up, and I, I just can't keep it, these names in my head here. Um, all right, so moving on to the next scene. So th- this was our my favorite scene. Clark, it was your favorite scene. Joe, was did you like it? Was it your favorite scene? Oh, I was definitely impressed. M- my favorite moment was not in this teaser. Okay, if that makes sense. No, it because <laughs> because when we see the allusion to the Sith Lord, it made me think an awful lot of you know, um, let's say. Uh, so so you're 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 break you're messing up what I was trying to drive at. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna break from it. Um. So so it was me and Clark's favorite scene. On the back of, or right, and then coupled with the next scene, which is the worst in the trailer, as far as I'm concerned, um, and and that would be the Sith Lord thing. It sounds like you like this scene, Joe. No, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It, like it I, I did not like him at all. It didn't work for me. Like I, it doesn't feel like we're in the Star Wars universe. The lightsaber is wrong. Like unless they're trying to say, well, this is not a lightsaber, but it, I feel like it's like, well, here's the new lightsaber look. And it, 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 it I mean, taking aside the fact that it has these stupid um, things on the end of the hilt, the, bl- the blades, like the guard or whatever that you could completely cut your own hand off with. Uh, like the design of it is not a lightsaber. It's like this electric static, you know, electricity static crackling thing that's like shimmering and it, it's stupid. Like none of this, nothing about this scene works or feels right to me. Am I, am I being obtuse or what do, what do you guys think? I think it works in light of like episode one. It, it's definitely better than seeing Darth Maul walking around a, uh, like a balcony on Coruscant. Which actually have showed up in one of the teaser trailers, mm. or trailers for that film, as I recall, um, when he was saying something like, "At last, we'll have our revenge against the Jedi." Uh, clearly, this this Sith is probably the guy who's narrating the teaser. Go ahead, Clark. Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, you mentioned Darth Maul, and of course, there there are memories of him here because we were introduced to his. Uh, swanky new lightsaber in the trailer for the phantom menace and that one though it looked vastly different from any lightsaber we'd seen before uh had a very practical design for somebody who knew how to use it yeah absolutely um this one (laughs) while it looks cool from a design standpoint it looks like a medieval sword uh as a lightsaber which you know on on a certain level is kind of awesome doesn't seem practical at all no. I don't know how you would use that to your advantage. Nope, not at but, all. But um, you know, I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's an impetuous young Sith who uh, hasn't learned much yet and uh, is just trying to make himself look cool. Well, among the Uber nerds, uh, the prevailing theory that I read is that uh, this is a like he made his own lightsaber. He's not very experienced because, you know, the idea is that these people make their own lightsabers or whatever. And that that's why it looks different and feels different and is right. designed stupidly. Um, I, I'm not I mean, like I, again, it's not just the lightsaber in the scene that doesn't work. Like it's just like this whole scene feels weird to me, but. I don't know. Like, why is he even drawing his lightsaber? I don't know. I don't know. We'll I have see. To say the te- the text of the narration uh, felt awfully generic to me too. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to um, my second favorite part, and and yet my in in a way my most worrying part of this trailer, um, and that is the shots uh, or the continuous flying shot of the Millennium Falcon, which is also not in space, as we've mentioned. 
and in in the way that it's my favorite is that it's the Millennium Falcon, and there's really geeky detail here to to notice too. Uh, I, I didn't actually pick up on the fact that it looked CGI. I thought it looked amazingly real. Um, and Clark, you you seem to think that it looks more like CGI. Now, where I, I guess where I would pick up the CGI is the silly you know trail that it's leaving uh, in the in the atmosphere. Um, but, mm-hmm. but the geeky detail that I noticed and then others noticed it as well. I was like, yes, confirmed. Um, you know, the, the, the Millennium Falcon is always over on the left side, had that satellite dish. Well, you may remember it got broken off when it was flying out of the Death Star, when Lando was flying it out of the Death Star and that thing got broken off. Well, this is not the same satellite dish. It's like square and rectangular and, and different looking. Uh, so they've obviously replaced it. I thought that was pretty a uh, nerdy detail to, to remember to do with the Millennium Falcon design. Um, yeah, here and I thought I was the only one who noticed that. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so where I'm worried, guys, is that this feels exactly like the scene in Star Trek Into Darkness that I hate so much, uh, which is them flying around on the Klingon planet in that Millennium Falcon-looking ship, that round ship, and it you, the camera's panning and zooming and twirling and, and swishing and wishing, and and it feels nothing like a Star Wars flight scene. Nothing. Uh, and, and it just, and it's, it's making me seasick even just here scrolling through it on in quick time on, as I'm recording this podcast. So I, I loved seeing the Falcon and I hate what they're doing to it. Am, am I alone in this? Uh, Clark, I feel like you might back me up here. Well, I, I, I do agree with you, uh, to a certain extent. I am bothered by the CGI-ness of it. Uh, but, uh, the thing that really bugs me about this shot is that it closes the trailer and it closes the trailer in a way that feels awfully conventional to me. I, I don't know why uh, teaser trailers are so fond of doing this, but they love closing trailers with a big special effect shot of something flying. Mm-hmm. We've seen a bunch of superheroes do it. We've seen all kinds of sci-fi movies do it with different ships and stuff. And it just feels like, you know, I don't know, like a carbon copy in its own way of the um, Man of Steel trailer that uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the Man of Steel trailer that, or it might be a Superman Returns trailer, it might be both of them that yes, end with uh, a big special effects shot of Superman flying through the air, like, woo, here's the thing you love flying, look at these effects. And it's the, you know, I, I don't know, I'm sort of tired of that as the dramatic punchline. The one thing that I will say, Clark, is that oftentimes uh, they will use unfinished effects or stuff that is not rendered at the depth uh, of scale that it would be uh, later when it's used in the movie. So the CGI-ness of it may go away um, because the budget for a trailer is, is yeah. you know, what it is. And maybe the effects weren't, you know, they didn't have the time or the budget to really, you know, crank the render uh, detail up or something, you know. Um, I'm, I'm not quite seeing it as much, but again, I I don't know. I don't get that logic either, though. Why, why do you um, why do you sell your movie with unfinished shots? Uh, why not take what is finished, even if it's less spectacular? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like it happens. That would be my thought. Sure. Um, now, now again, this is where I had mixed feelings about this scene because the Millennium Falcon is flying by some Tie Fighters, and we hear the Tie Fighters. I mean, it, it was very nostalgic. I, I I loved it. I loved that aspect of it. So. Uh, um, Michael. Yeah, we never saw Tie Fighters flying inside of a planetary atmosphere in the original film. Yeah, well, that that would be the other thing. Michael Minkoff pointed out in the uh, comments of the article that I posted that uh, there's something uh, worrying about the physics of this shot. Like this, this ship, these ships are in the atmosphere, and yet you've got this camera twirling and and panning, and like it seems to defy all physics of being in an atmosphere. 
uh, which I, I pointed out. Yeah, that's that's JJ. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just yeah, that it just bothers me. It, it feels very JJ, very all flash and style and no substance is what I'm I'm worried about. So I don't know. I I, I, I think that that's totally justified. I'm right there with you, TJ. When it comes to the flying, you know, the camera angles, I, I don't mind as much what it is that the Millennium Falcon is doing in the air as it concerns me, the camera angles, and that it's following around the Falcon like we have the point of view of God who's like wielding around the Falcon in, in between his fingers like, you know, mm-hmm. who knows what. Yeah, like, you know, that. like a child playing with his toy Falcon and TIE fighter. Like you imagine this is the point of view of a child who is running around his room with his toys. Not like you would expect a the 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 appeal that we saw with uh, pa- uh, very smooth panning shots with the the fighter uh, vehicle scenes in the original trilogy. I preferred the motion. I preferred the camera angles, and it was really what boiled down to the cinematography more so than whatever it was that the fighters were doing. Okay. Any last thoughts on that, Clark? Um, no, not really. Okay. Uh, the only other thing that I want to uh, point out is that there is no episode seven on the title anywhere. I mean, we know it's episode seven and I'm sure when they do the opening crawl that it'll, it'll say episode seven, but they're really downplaying, uh, the fact that this is the seventh as if, as in, you know, I I think obviously we're going to be getting a lot more of these films and they want to start downplaying the idea of episode numbers, um, and so I think we're starting to get a little bit of that here where there's no episode seven anywhere on the title. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like most of the other films have always advertised pretty prominently their episode number, uh, except for the first one, which they didn't know that there, if there was going to be more than the first one. So they were a little careful with mm-hmm. that at first. So um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that exactly, because I feel like eventually we're going to get Star Wars overload um, when they produce film a film every year. But uh I think that's that this is obviously a, a sign that we're going down that road. So can I um say something that might uh, I don't know, I guess be a little controversial here. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'd be completely fine with them doing away with episode numbers altogether from here on out. And again because I I really feel like Star Wars is George Lucas's story. Uh it's it's sprang from his imagination almost every detail of it in its original form you know belongs to him and i feel like he's told the story he wanted to tell for better or worse and uh everybody else is just noodling around in his playground mm. so i think it'd be fine to go ahead and get rid of the episode numbers from here on out and uh you know by all means let there be new star wars movies but uh kind of disconnected six part saga yeah, is done. Uh, and really, it doesn't seem like, at least from what I've heard, they have any kind of, you know, sort of master plan in place for a specific number of episodes from here on out. No, for sure not. So, yeah, let, just just make Star Wars movies and uh, leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, my my concern is really kind of invalidated because my concern was going to be, well, I mean, it's it's hard to keep keep track of continuity that way. But, I mean, that's kind of invalidated because look at the Marvel Universe. They don't put numbers on their films and the, the continuity works fine. I mean, I know which films go in which order, and I'm sure most people do. So um, I'm sure that we'll be able to keep it straight. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can see your argument for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy with that movement as well. All right, guys, closing thoughts, and then we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Well, it's good times. It's good times to be a Star Wars fan. I'm happy to see this. Um, I, I think that it, this is not going to be the most 
intensely uh, huge Star Wars moment of our lifetime. I think it's going to be downplayed by future Star Wars films or who knows what. Um, we'll always relive the glory days with the old films. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm more interested in uh, already in, in what uh, Ryan Johnson's going to do with his Star Wars film. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> yep, yeah, me too. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> uh, I, I will say... No matter what happens with this movie, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, uh, I'm going to get a new John Williams Star Wars score out of it, and so it's all worth it to me for that. Yay! Well, he did score this trailer, so yes. that was that was fun. Yep. Um, yeah, and My, good stuff too. Yeah, it was, uh, and he knew just where to. I mean, because he just knew just where to put the cues we were familiar with, and 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 the cues that were reminiscent. I mean, he just he he knows how to play that. From for all the complaining I do about John Williams at times, uh, he. he I think his best work has really been with Star Wars, and I think that's going to continue. So, um, yeah, I, I think my final thoughts are it's, it is really exciting, even though there's some trepidation because Star Wars has been done poorly by the man who created it. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried, but I'm a lot excited. And uh, despite some worrying things in this trailer, I don't think there's nearly as many worrying things as there was. I, I rewatched the Phantom Menace trailer because a lot of people were making that comparison. Uh, to say, yeah, well, we were excited about the Phantom Menace too, and look what that did. Look at that trailer; it was great. And I looked at the trailer and I said, I see some pretty, a lot more worrying trends in that trailer if I were watching it with fresh eyes. Uh, so, I I feel like this trailer is less worrying than that for sure. So, I'm still kind of in the in the uh, going to make the prediction that it's not going to be as good as The Empire Strikes Back or probably any of the original three, but it's going to be a heck of a lot better than what George Lucas gave us with the prequels. I think that's where I'm I'm going to land on that. And mm. and time will prove me right or wrong. So that's that's where I'm at on that. All right guys, well, this was a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited like you Joe that we're uh we're in a time where new Star Wars is being made and we're making a podcast and geeking out about a new Star Wars trailer. That's that's pretty cool. I am awestruck that we've just spent an hour talking about an 88 second trailer. <laughs> but uh we did it. We Good did for it. us. <laughs> yes, yes we did. And it's uh it was a lot of fun. I, thank you guys for on such short notice when I contacted you and said, "Hey, we really I I think it'd be fun to do an episode on the Star Wars trailer." And you you guys dropped everything and said, "Yes." So, the, uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, I was extremely busy, but uh <laughs> I, I set it all aside. <laughs> You interrupted our force-giving plans there, TJ. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sure you guys hated every minute of this. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, Joe, That was fun. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. All right, and uh, Joe, you and I will be back next week on our regular schedule to talk about uh, the imitation game. Let's do it. 